those of you that are watching online, I know we have a lot of people, a lot of you that are watching online today that couldn't be here today out of town and stuff. We're excited that you guys have joined us, and we are concluding a series today that we have called Tell a Good Story. And for those of you that have been here, and even those of you that have not, we want to catch you up to speed. Oh, my phone is doing something. Okay, there we go. We just want to catch you up to speed today before we conclude this series. Just to catch you up, uh, in week one, we talked about a message called the third blank, and we used, Pixar has this saying that every good story uh, follows the same pattern. And they say that it's always once upon a time blank, they always blank, but one day blank happened and everything changed. And we talked about how we try to fit different things into that third blank. But the only thing that you can put in that third blank that's going to change everything is Jesus. And when you put Jesus in that third blank, then your story, we started off by saying that your story then has the power and the potential to change lives and to lead other people to Jesus. And then in week two, we talked about a table for two. We talked about a table for two. And a lot of times we allow the enemy to pull a chair up to our table. I do this in my own life a lot of times. I allow the enemy to pull a chair up to my table, a table that, that we read in Psalm 23 that, that God has prepared for two in the presence of my enemies. So in the middle of everything that's going on, in the middle of my mess, when everything is going wrong and when all hell is breaking out in my life, Jesus has prepared a table for two in the presence of all of that stuff. But a lot of times what we allow the enemy to do is pull up a chair to our table and we start hearing things like we're not going to make it, it looks better at another table, that God doesn't care about you. If he cared about you, then you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. Then God would get you out of it, that you wouldn't be in that circumstance if Jesus really cared about you and loved you. And those are all signs that you've allowed the enemy to pull up a seat to your table. But can I tell you today, once again, that the good news is all you have to do is kick his chair away from your table. You don't have to allow him to sit. Let me say it this way. If the enemy's talking to you, it's because you're letting him talk to you. Because he doesn't have the authority. You have the authority through Jesus. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? You, don't, you have the authority over him through Jesus. And if he's talking to you, the only reason he's talking to you is because you're letting him talk to you. So we learned that we need to kick his chair away from our table. And then last week... We talked about the subject making monuments and how a lot of us have short-term memory. That all we remember is what's going on right now in our lives. All I can think about right now is the fight that we had before we got to church or what I've got to face tomorrow and I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And all we see is the current struggle and the current situation and what we're dealing with right now and we have short-term memory and we forget a lot of times that back here, God took care of something for us, and over here God took care of something for us, and God saw us through this, and God saw us through that, and a lot of times we forget. Isn't it funny how we forget all of the good things that God has done for us and in our lives, and we remember all the bad? That might be another sign that the enemy is sitting at your table. If all you can think about is all the bad going on in your life. And you've forgotten about everything that God has already seen you through. And come on, you can find something that God has seen you through to hold on to, to give you faith in the next season that you're walking into and whatever you're going through now. So you've got to make a monument. 
the children of Israel, when they crossed over the Jordan River on dry ground, God said, go back to where it happened, get 12 stones, and make a monument. So that when your kids see it, and they ask, what are these stones for? Oh, we can remember what God did for us. When you're walking back to this area after you've, you've done all of these great things, because he knew, come on, he knew what they had just been through in the wilderness. And when God did one miracle, it took about two days, and they forgot about the miracle, and they started complaining about something else. And God would come through again, and it would take about a week. And they would forget about what God did, and they would start complaining about something else. That's why we have to make God new that we needed to set up some monuments. We needed to write it down, keep a journal, something, so that you can remember God's faithfulness in your life when things are not going so hot in your life. we got to have something to be able to go back and remind us. And today, as we end this, this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've called this one, The Purpose in Obedience. The purpose in obedience. Now, a lot of us hear the word obedience and we start thinking, I'm leaving church right now. You're going to talk about being obedient. We're going to talk about being obedient, but we're going to, even more than that, we're going to talk about the purpose in obedience. Now, have you ever ended up in a place or circumstance that you didn't see coming because you did the right thing? We're just going to get real for a moment. You ever, you ever done the right thing and then found yourself in a place that you didn't want to be. Found yourself in a struggle that you didn't know was coming because I did the right thing. Because I took a stand for what I believed in, now this is happening to me, and I'm in a situation that I didn't see coming. I thought when I did the right thing, and when I was obedient to God, that everything was going to be easy. I thought that everything would just fall together. Come on, y'all going to have to talk back to me today. I thought that everything was going to, I know I'm not the only one that goes through this. I thought that it was going to be just peachy keen. I thought everything was just going to be paved out for me when I did the right thing and I was obedient to God. But how many of you know that's not always the case? And we could go around the room today and everybody could probably give their story about they did the right thing in this circumstance and they felt like they got the wrong result. I felt like if I did the right thing, I was going to get this result, but I got a different result and I don't like the circumstance or the situation that I'm in right now. I think about before my wife and I moved uh, back to this area to start this church, and we thought, you know, we've been praying and seeking God, and we felt like God said, all right, it's time to move. Guess what? We didn't have anywhere to move to. We felt like God said, put your house up for sale. Guess what? It's still for sale right now. Three years later, it's still for sale right now. Now, bless God, we just went under contract, and it's going to close this time. Can I get an amen? But but here's the deal. (laughs) Some of you some of you have heard that story. You're like, God, I wish you would shut up about this house. <laughs> but we felt like when we stepped out and we were obedient and we did the right thing, we were like, man, God's just going to take care of us. Now, he has taken care of us, but it hasn't looked like what we thought it was going to look like. And a lot of times when you step out in obedience and you step out in faith, God will take care of you, but it may not look like what you want it to look like. Because we wanted our house to sell like in a month. Let's just sell the house. Let's just buy another one. It's going to close real easy. All of this is going to happen. Just line up. Boom, 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 boom. And then we're going to do this. We're going to start the church. Everything's going to be great. And it didn't all go as planned. But that doesn't mean that we did the wrong thing. Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. That just because you find yourself in the situation you're in right now, 
because you felt like you stepped out in faith and you did something for God and you stepped out in obedience doesn't mean that you missed it. Sometimes God wants to just say, are you going to, are you, just find out. Are you going to keep your faith in me even though you stepped out in obedience and you thought I was just going to pave everything and make everything work together just perfectly? Are you going to keep faith or are you going to lose faith? Because it doesn't always look like we think it ought to look when we step out and do something for God. I think about the story in the Bible where Jesus has finished teaching this huge crowd of people. And his disciples are with him. And he tells his disciples, he's, he's going to go away by himself for a little bit. But he tells his disciples, we're finished here. Go get on that boat and go to the other side of the lake and I'll meet you over there. I'm paraphrasing. Get in the boat. Go across the lake, and I'll meet you over there when I'm finished doing what I need to do. And he tells them to do that, and then when they get out in the middle of the lake, a huge storm forms. And they're wondering, where is, where is God right now? Where is Jesus? This guy we've been following around for however long, and he told us to do this. And now we get out here doing what he told us to do, and this huge storm forms, and where is Jesus now? And it's that way a lot of times in our life. We step out and we do something that we felt like we were supposed to do and was the right thing to do and what God told us to do, but when we get out there, it requires some faith. I was also reminded about a man named Paul. I don't know if you've heard about a man named Paul. But he was starting churches and preaching about Jesus to everyone who would listen. I mean, every person who would listen to this guy, he was going to tell them about Jesus and what he had done in his life and how he could change their life. He's starting churches all over, doing an incredible work. And then we read this, and I want us to pick it up, pick up this story in Philippians chapter 1. We're just going to read three verses here. This is what he says. Brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to know. What has happened to me has really helped to spread the good news. One thing has become clear. I am being held by chains because of my stand for Christ. All of the palace guards and everyone else know it. Because I am being held by chains, most of the believers in the Lord have become bolder. They now speak God's word more boldly and without fear. Now I want to give you three things, and we're going to jump right into these three things because we're going to talk about them for a few minutes. I want to give you three things that we can learn from what Paul just wrote in three verses. Three things that we can learn from Paul today. Here's number one. You can write this down. Paul is in jail for preaching the gospel. Paul is in jail for doing the right thing. Paul is in jail for doing what God told him to do. Paul is in jail even though all he's done is try to find every person that he can to tell about Jesus, and it's ended him up in prison. Now, do we think that Paul probably saw that coming? Paul is doing what God told him to do, and in the middle of doing what God told him to do, he's in chains in prison. Now, a lot of, a lot of people end up in prison or in jail for different reasons. We can, all, we can think of all these different reasons that people end up in jail. I, I found it interesting this last week. I read this story, and I don't know how old this story is, but I read this story about a guy who 
this is no joke. Robbed a bank to get thrown in jail because he was tired of living with his wife. Now, people are doing some crazy stuff if you're trying to get away from your spouse because you're tired of living with your spouse, so I'm going to go rob a bank to end up in jail so that I don't have to, you know, there might have been a better way. I don't know. That's just my thinking. There might have been a better way. But Paul, even though people do do crazy things, and sometimes people are in, in prison and they know, well, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm just, I'm doing my time. All of this stuff, and maybe they, they should be there. Paul's in prison for doing the right thing. I want that to sink in for a minute. God told me to do this. I did it, and it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. And now I'm in prison. I'm in chains. I'm in a situation. I'm in a circumstance that I didn't see coming because I did what God told me to do. You think back on that story. Can you imagine being the disciples and you're following Jesus around, and you're seeing all these miracles and feeding, you know, 5,000 people in one spot with nothing. And you're seeing all this stuff happen, and, and Jesus tells you, go get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake, I'll meet you over there. You get out there, and you're in a storm. And I, I, can, I can picture it. It doesn't say this in the Bible, but I can picture this. Sometimes I like to elaborate on the Bible and think, like, what were they thinking? Because if God told me to go get in a boat and go across the lake, and I get out in the middle of what God told me to do, and a storm rises up. I'm thinking, God, you told me to come out here. You're the one who told me to get in the boat. You're the one who told me to go the other side of the lake, and we're not even going to make it to the other side of the lake. Come on, it sounds like the Israelites back in the Old Testament. You just brought us out here to die. The storm's going to kill us. The boat can't handle this. Where's Jesus now? Why did he tell us to get out here? Maybe he's not who he said he was. Maybe we missed it. Maybe we should be following somebody else. Maybe we shouldn't have obeyed him. Maybe this was the one time. Maybe it was a test. Maybe he was trying to see if we would be stupid enough to get in the boat and go across the lake and we didn't check the weather. <laughs> we think of all these things in our mind when something bad starts happening because of something that God told us to do. And I wonder how many of us have found ourselves in a situation we didn't see coming because we were trying to be obedient. We were trying to be obedient. So Paul has been thrown in jail because of his obedience to God. And so what does he do next? Here's number two. Paul finds the purpose in his circumstance. Come on, this is a good one. Paul finds the purpose in his circumstance. Because here's what Paul does. Paul gets thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. And you know what he does when he gets in jail? He starts telling everybody in jail about Jesus. Well, God must have me here for a reason, and so I'm just going to tell all the guards. I'm going to tell everybody who threw me in jail about Jesus. I'm just going to keep preaching about Jesus, even though I'm in the middle of something I didn't see coming. There must be a purpose why I'm here. And so I'm just going to keep on preaching and keep on doing what God told me to do wherever I'm at. Right in the middle of everything that I'm going through. He found his purpose. Now, this is a difficult one for us to do, because most of us can't see the purpose in our circumstance because we're looking for the way out of our circumstance. Most of us don't ever find the purpose in why we're at where we're at because we're looking for the way out of where we're at. And God's saying, you know what? I have you at that job for a reason. And there's a purpose while you, you're there. But all the time we're trying to get the promotion 
We're trying to get another job. We're trying, you know, this isn't working out. This isn't, you know, I don't really like the people I'm working around, so this and that. And if, if that's where God led you, there's a purpose why you're there. But a lot of times we don't find the purpose because we're looking for the escape route. God, how can I, God, why did you bring me in here? Oh, my gosh. You need to get me another job right now. You need to get me another family right now. You need to get me, you know, my kids are crazy. You need to get me some new kids right now. And I'm right in the middle of this, and I wanted to have a family, and I wanted to go, I wanted to go this direction. I felt like this is what God told me to do, and now it doesn't look right. And instead of looking for the purpose in the circumstance, I'm looking for a way out of the circumstance. And God can't accomplish through you what he wants to accomplish through you where you're at if you're constantly complaining and looking for a way out of where you're at. If all, if, 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 if all you're going to do is gripe about it and all you're going to do is look for an escape route and how can I get out of this and I don't like them and, and whatever your circumstance is, you can't see the purpose in where you're at because you're always looking to get out of it. And I think we need to change our mindset. Like Paul, he gets thrown in jail. He's like, well, I don't know why I'm here, but guess what? I'm going to tell him about Jesus. I'm just going to start telling everybody about Jesus while I'm in here. I'm going to write some letters that we read in the Bible while I'm in prison. While I'm chained up, I'm going to write some stuff, and I'm, I don't really know what's going to happen with this. I'm going to try to get it to where it needs to go. But I'm going to continue to do what God told me to do, even in the midst of all this chaos and confusion and stuff that I didn't know was going to happen that's happening. He found the purpose in his circumstance. And can I tell you this today? That if you are where you are because you're of your obedience to Jesus, he has not left you there alone. He has not left you there alone. If you are obedient and you stepped out in faith and you're doing something and you find yourself in a, cir a circumstance that you didn't see coming, Jesus did not lead you there and say, see ya. He's still right there in the middle of whatever you're going through right now while you're going through it. And there's a purpose why you're there. Maybe he wants to teach you something in that circumstance. We don't like that one. God, I've, I've learned all I need to learn. I don't need to learn anything through this. You know, and sometimes we'll, it just sometimes as human beings, and we realize that God does this sometimes, and where we're at, he's trying to teach us something, and we're like, God, just let me, just show me what I need to learn so I can get out of this problem. Just show me, just reveal to me whatever I need to do so that I can get out of this problem and get out of this circumstance and get out of this situation. Maybe he's trying to teach you something. Maybe he wants to know that, that you'll be faithful in every circumstance. We misinterpret a scripture a lot of times, and we say that God will never put more on us than we can handle. But that's not what it says. It says that God will never allow you to be tempted more than you can bear, and there will always be a way for you to overcome the temptation. And for some reason, we translate it that way. I would, I would venture to say that God will probably often put you in situations that you can't handle so that you have to rely on him. Because we get in trouble when we start, we start feeling like we, can, we got it all together and we can do it on our own. I got this. I can handle this. This is no big deal. I'm just doing it myself and in my own strength and my own power. I'm smart enough. I'm talented enough. I'm gifted enough. And God will often take situations and he'll, he'll allow you to go through something.
so that you could be reminded that you need him. So maybe that's why you are where you are. I don't know what the purpose is, why you are where you are, but I believe there's an assignment for you in that circumstance. And here's the third thing that I want to tell you today. The story of your obedience can give others courage to be faithful in their own walk with Christ. The story of your obedience can give others courage to be faithful in their own walk with Christ. Their own, their own relationship with Jesus, your obedience has the power to give them the courage to keep going through whatever they're going through. Let's read it again, verses 12 through 14. Brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to know. What has happened to me has really helped to spread the good news. One thing has become clear. I'm being held by chains because of my stand for Christ. All of the palace guards and everyone else know it. Verse 14, check this out. And because I am a prisoner, most of the believers have become bolder in the Lord. They now dare even more to preach the good news without fear. Did you catch it? Because of the story that you're hearing about right now, that I stepped out and did what I felt like God told me to do, and I'm in prison and I'm in chains, because this happened to me, there are other Christians all over the world that are being a little more bold and a little more courageous in preaching themselves because they've heard about what I'm going through and because I'm going through it and I'm continuing on and still doing what God told me to do, somebody else feels like, hmm, I think I can do that. I think if they can do it, I think I can do that. I think I can do it too. Think about this in our political world today. Now, we're not going to get into politics today. <laughs> but think about this, because this is true. And you know it's true. When one person stands up and, and takes a stand for something, there are a lot of other people that all of a sudden decide that they have the strength and the ability and the courage to now stand up with them. Because one person, boy, did you hear about what they were doing? Did you hear about the stand? Did you hear about all the protests and the rallies and all this stuff that's going on? And because one person stood up and said, you know what, I, we can do this. We can do this. And other people were like, you know, I think I could do that too. I think if they could do it, I could do that too. You know, I'm going to get behind them. You get, some of you are getting kind of riled up about it right now when you start thinking about it. Because somebody else did something, well, I need to, well I'm going to do my part too, bless God. I'm going to get out there and, and do whatever I need to do to take my stand because I see other people taking a stand. Something happens on the inside of us when we hear stories about what other people have done and their, their courage and their boldness and their obedience, and what they're taking a stand for. You think about Martin Luther King. We had the opportunity back in, I think it was April, to go to Atlanta and actually walk through the, the I mean, just everything that, that was his. I mean, just the, the wagon, the everything. We got to look at it all, and we were reading all these stories. And we were intrigued that whenever this, <laughs> because one guy, one guy, decided enough's enough, and I'm going to do something about this. On the day of his funeral, while they're, they're going, they're, they're driving down the road, over 200,000 people were following his casket down the road because one guy 
took a stand for something he believed in, and a bunch of other people stood up and said, you know what, I think I can do that too. I think I can get behind that, and I can do that too. And let's go make a difference in the world. Let's go make an impact in the world. Something happens. When we hear stories or watch movies about real events that happened, and we see the, the heroism and all this stuff, we begin to think to ourselves, if they could do that, why could I not do that? Come on, you've seen a movie, and this is a movie. And you come out of the theater, and you're pumped up. You're like, you know what, if they can do that, I think I can do that too. I think about, you know, some of the, the one that came to my mind was all the Fast and Furious movies. There's like 33 of them now, I don't know. But all the Fast and Furious movies, when I've gone to see those in the theater, I can always remember every time I come out of the theater, you get in your car, and come on, if you can I get an amen if this is you? <laughs> you get in your car, and you start thinking, God, I want to drive like that. And so you're in the movie theater parking lot just whipping in and out, you know, just cutting people off and whipping in and out and pulling out. You're peeling out as you're getting back on the loop, you know. Because you just witnessed something, and it, it caused something in you to think, you know what, man, if they could drive like that, I, drive, I want to drive like that. If they can do that, I want to do that. This is the power, this is the power of us just going to the movie theater. These, these, these filmmakers know what they're doing because they inspire us, especially those movies where they're inspiring you to do something good or like on events, you know, about the, the Boston Marathon bombing. I don't know if you've seen that movie or uh, uh, the World Trade Center movies and things like that. And you come out of there thinking, you know what? I can go take on the world with, the, you know, just this. I'm going to go get my gun and I'm going to go take on everybody. You just come out inspired because of watching a movie. And I believe it's the same way when people hear a story about, oh my, you've been through that, and you made it through it? Well, I think if you made it through that, I could probably make it through this too. We underestimate the power of hearing somebody's story of obedience. Oh, you were, man, that happened in your family, and you were like, and you still serve God? And you, you think about Job in the Bible, his wife comes to him, you know, after all he's been through, and you just need to curse God and die. And Job's like, mm, I don't think I want to go that route. <laughs> I'm going to stay faithful. And now we're reading all about that story, and it's helping us get through circumstances in our life because of something that happened thousands of years ago. There's power. We underestimate the power in hearing somebody's story of how they were obedient and they were faithful through a trial or a struggle or a circumstance or whatever they were going through in their life. When we witness someone else or hear a story about someone else and how they did something courageous, it has a tendency to cause us to want to do the same. The story of how you were obedient and made it through a rough season in your marriage give someone else the courage and the boldness to keep fighting for theirs. When somebody hears, you know, my marriage is on the rocks, and somebody hears that, oh, you went, you made it through that in your marriage, and you're still, you come out on the other side, I, I think that I need to keep fighting for mine. I was going to give up, but now that I've heard that, I think that, I think that we can make it. I think when you, can I talk to you, what did you do, and what steps did you take, or whatever, there's power in the story of your faithfulness and your obedience through that rough season. The story of how you are obedient with your money. You're struggling financially. It gives someone else the courage and the boldness to think, you know what, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to come back around. 
We need to keep being faithful with our money. We need to keep doing what God told us to do with our money. Just because things get tight, we don't need to give up on what God told us to do. Don't forget in the dark what God already told you in the light. When the dark season comes, remember remember what God told you to do. And, oh, man, if you made it through that, I think I can make it through that. I think I can continue to be faithful through what I'm going through. The story of how you didn't turn your back on God when things were tough in your life. Give someone else the courage and boldness to keep looking to God even when it doesn't feel like he's moving. You ever been in a, in a situation where you just felt like, where's God? He's not like, God is not doing anything right now. And I don't know where he's at, but everything is going wrong. And I wish God would show up. Can I tell you that God, there's something God's doing behind the scenes that we can't see a lot of times. That may take two months or three months or a year. And then later on we realize, oh, man, had we just had we just done what we thought we needed to do and not been patient and waited on God and kept our faith in God, I don't know where I would be right now because of what God was working out behind the scenes that I couldn't even see that was going on. Hearing stories of that, it gives us the, the courage and the boldness to feel like we can do it ourselves. The story of your obedience can give others courage to be faithful in their own walk with Christ. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. Many of us have probably seen the movie Forrest Gump. Anybody seen the movie Forrest Gump? We're talking about a lot of movies today. You've seen the movie Forrest Gump? And this, this entire story and this entire film, this entire movie, is about a man who lives an extraordinary life, meets celebrities and all these important people, and changes the lives of countless people along the way. And here's the crazy thing about all of this. It was all by accident. There was no plan for him to do and experience everything that he did along the way as you watch that movie. It was all just, it, was all, it all just happened. It all happened. And here's what I want you to get, that he doesn't set out to have an adventure. He's just himself. And because of his authenticity... Things just seem to happen on their own. Can I tell you today that no matter what you're going through, if you'll just stay faithful to God and obedient to God, that things have a way of working themselves out on their own and you don't have to figure it out and you don't have to get it all together and you don't have to come up with a 3-point, 12-point, 20-point plan to get yourself out of where you're at if you just start saying, God, what's the purpose in what I'm going through? Why am I here? What do you want to teach me? What do you want to do through this? I'm not looking for a way out of it. You led me here, so why am I here? And when we keep our faith and we obey God, through the difficult circumstances. Things seem to have a way. God, it's funny how God does this. That he seems to have a way of working everything out for your good. Every bad thing that you're going through, the job that you lost, the, the difficulty in your relationships, your kids are far from God and you don't know what to do. All of those things, when you're going through them, if you just stay faithful to God and you just obey what he tells you to do, your obedience, there is power in obedience. And I believe that you'll have a story to tell one day whenever that comes around for your good and you see that God was working behind the scenes for my good all along. And when you hear that story, you experience that story, you're able to share that story, then other people 
have a tendency to, to straighten their back and feel like, you know what, if they made it through it, I can make it through it. If they stayed faithful, I can stay faithful. If they were obedient, I can be obedient. There's power in your story. There's power. I love what, when we are obedient to Christ, we can make an impact wherever we are. When you're obedient to Christ, you can make an impact wherever you are. No matter if it's good, if it's bad, if you're on the mend, if things seem to be continuing to go downhill, no matter what's going on, the greatest thing that you can do for God is to be obedient. I heard this saying once and it's stuck with me ever since. That understanding can wait, obedience cannot. Too many times we want to understand, God, why, are you, why am I here? Why am I going through? Why do you want me to do that? Why do you want me to do this? Understanding can wait. God, I don't understand, but I'm going to be obedient. God, I don't know what's coming around the corner, but I'm going to be obedient. God, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to be obedient. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm going to be obedient to you. And my, here's my prayer as we end today. I want you to stand to your feet. As we end this series, my prayer is that as you go through life and you're on this journey that you're on, that the stories that you share, whether it's in a group, whether it's on a Sunday morning in, in, in community with people, whether it's you know going to lunch with somebody during the week, whether it's somebody coming to your house, friends coming over, the, the story's number one, that you would have the courage and the boldness to tell your story. Because we all have a story to tell. And we underestimate the power that our story can have on other people's lives. And somebody might just need to hear your story to figure out that they're going to be okay. But if you don't ever tell your story, they may never know. Your story has power. There's a reason why you've been through what you've been through and why you are where you are and why you've experienced what you've experienced is so that you can help other people. And so you can take your experience, share what God did in you. Come on, this is the best way to tell people about Jesus. It's just telling people what God has done for you. Because for some reason, when people hear that God has done something for you and that you've been through something that God saw you through and man, this is the way you used to live and now you're at church all the time and, and you're reading your Bible all the time and, you, and you're serving God like you're a completely different person and you, they hear your story, all of a sudden they begin to think, maybe there's something I can do. Maybe there's a better way. They start reaching, they start searching for whatever it is that you have and just like we learned in week one, eventually... They may come to the point that where they can tell you, you know, at one point it was because of the story that you told me that I started looking for Jesus, but now I've experienced him myself. And so the reason I believe in him is because I've experienced him myself. But can I tell you, it started with your story. It started with you being obedient to do what God told you to do and sharing your story. Your story has power. Don't underestimate. Come on, if you don't hear anything else from me today, if you haven't been listening for the last 30 minutes, and all of a sudden you're tuned in because you're standing up, you were sleeping, and now you're standing on your feet and you can't sleep standing up. I don't know. If you don't hear anything else, don't underestimate the power 
of your story. Don't underestimate the power of your story because everybody has a story. And chances are your story needs to be told. Where God has brought you from needs to be told. What God's doing in your life right now needs to be told. Somebody needs to hear your story. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you. Thank you for your word today. We thank you for this entire series and what you've been teaching us and showing us and revealing to us, God, these tools that we can use in our lives every single day. God, I pray that you would just drop it on our hearts right now that our story, just individually, that every person's story here has power, has potential, can make an impact and make a difference in somebody else's life if we just share it. God, I pray that we would look for opportunities to share our story. Lord, that our eyes would be open, that our hearts would be open, that when you bring someone across our path and we feel like they need to know what God has done for me, that we would step up and we would have the boldness to do it. And God, I'm believing that as one person begins to do it, another person will begin to do it. And as the third person begins to do it, the fourth person will begin to do it. And as we see people sharing their stories and lives being changed, that we would all just just stand up tall and declare that my story has purpose and potential and power to change somebody else's life. And God, what you've done in me, I want to share with the world. That is our prayer as we end this series today. And God, over these next few moments as we sing this one final song, as we sing this one final song, God, I pray that if there's anybody here who needs prayer for anything, that you would, you would draw them for prayer. Lord, that there would be nobody standing at their seat that feels like I need somebody to pray with me. Come on, I want to invite our prayer team down. We're going to be down here around the front, and we want to pray with you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.